Hi there, this episode is an audio rip of a YouTube video. If there are any references to the screen or to the video itself, then be sure to go over to YouTube and actually check out the video, which will be the same title as this podcast. Thanks. Welcome back. And, um... This video is the first of two looking at maximum demand and diversity. Now we're going to do understanding demand with this video and uh, we'll do an application of uh, diversity and stuff in the next one. From my experience quite a lot, <clears throat> especially with um, electrical inspection, condition reports and such, a lot, a lot of the time the maximum demand just gets left alone or it's empty or sometimes the size of the service use is there or there's a random number um, and, the re <laughs> and it's, it's very hard for people to advise on it because it is really a figure that's based on judgment um, there is guidance in the on-site guide through to the design guide which we're going to use in these two videos um, and they're the best thing to use if you have no clue what to do um, some other some other people have the idea of adding up and then dividing by the number and they get a random number that sometimes works but um it has to be a realistic figure uh, but what you're what you're doing really is you're trying to get an understanding on how much pull the electrical installation wants um, how much demand it wants so if you have a service fuse that's how much it can have not how much it wants um, we're not going to worry about um, diversity in this video so we're just looking at how electrical equipment behaves and and understanding what it's doing when it's doing it so we'll start off by just talking about the simple lamp the, the simple um, the simple uh, incandescent lamp although they're becoming a bit prehistoric now so a good understanding is um, the assessment of a demand is considering how much current is taken by the circuit over a period of time that could be, could be half an hour. Could be a shift. Um, it, de it depends on your assessment. You know, it could be a school day. What are, what are you assessing? What part of the installation are you assessing? It's always good to assess the demand when it's fullest, though, because you know the fullest demand has to be tolerated by the installation. Uh, <clears throat> in the case of something like an incandescent bulb, though, it's um, it, it may have low wattage, which works to about 0.43 amp, but it's full demand. It's incandescent, so when it's in in operation, it's pulling fully, and then when you turn it off, it stops pulling. That's how the demand of a, a lamp works. Now, if we move that over to something else that's a little bit more sophisticated, like a a, um, a washing machine, that doesn't have a constant demand. It has a variable demand depending on the, the point of work. Um, so you'll have a variable speed motor that's going to be obviously doing lots of driving the drum around, rinsing, you'll have a pump and you'll also have a water heater especially if it's a cold fed one which most of them are these days I think that come uh, into the domestics so you're going to have different processes, you're going to have obviously heating up the water for the initial wash you're going to have rotating and, and washing and then you're going to have more power as it does aggressive spins and so from the time that you press on to the time that the machine has finished, it's going to have different amounts of power demand through that process. And that will look a little bit like this. So you've got the initial startup. You can see we've got here, here's, here's the load in amps. So this is, you know, it's a 2.5 kilowatt 
washing machine so there's this peak demand there and that's going to be when it's doing its heating and washing you know we all know that things that heat up will pull more draw um, but once it's done its initial wash it's then going to just slush it around spin it with a little bit more power as it uses the motors a bit more aggressively rinse it and spin it so you can see the the biggest demand is at the beginning so if you have two washing machines in your kitchen don't turn them on at the same time turn one on and then if you have to go out wait until it's about to start the second half of it turn the other one on this is what understanding demand is about applying the equipment at pivotal points in electrical demand now let's assume that we have another appliance in the kitchen such as a tumble dryer tumble dryer doesn't have cycles of rinsing and spinning and washing it's drying so it's just full its demand is full throughout its process until it whirls down at the end so you, you, you come to understand why a lot of these fires are from washing machines and tumble dryers especially when they're under excessive load and they're not well maintained because they're on full constant demand these tumble dryers yeah, so if you have a washing machine and a tumble when the washing machine is starting up maybe don't put the tumble dryer on first yeah, wait with the tumble dryer so you know you can assess with your demand if the client uses the installation this way you know if it's a domestic then it's probably it's probably going to be a washer dryer um, if they have a washer and a dryer you can just you can just get an understanding of that or you, you or you can just add them up not a problem but uh, if they have overloading of the circuit it might be that they're putting them on simultaneously and bearing in mind they may have a dishwasher as well which again heats up to wash 10 amps to heat it up washing it for a two and a half kilowatt heater in there a cold rinse don't need much electricity for that to heat that up it's a cold rinse and then a hot rinse more power so you've got to understand how they use power now these are three appliances that go on for a number of hours but then we'll also have the ones in the middle in the kitchen as well we'll have the kettle and the toaster don't have too much effect if they're used for short duration because their demand whilst being considerate isn't for long and we're, we're, we're looking at probably up towards an hour for a conductor to reach optimal operating temperature under load so it's not too much of a concern but if you have them being used all together at the same time regularly consecutively um, you need to consider the overall demand and it again in that real world you may be um, looking at more of the water urns or the water boilers instead of the just the kettles but you need to consider their use consider their demand let's combine these things that we've just looked at then so we've just looked at washing machine tumble dishwasher so that's one appliance at 10 amp another one another one at the startup and then kettles later on so let's think about how that adds up to a single demand for a circuit there so we've got initially for the first hour or so or for the first half an hour 30 amp yeah and then for another half an hour because obviously the the tumbles finished I guess uh, sorry that's just the tumble the washing machine is doing cold washing the the dishwasher is on cold rinse it's just the tumble dryer that's working right now and then you have the hot rinse to combine with that so you can see how the patterns change through a two-hour cycle but this is what the demand is it's the point where they are all doing them their most work 
and that is what you've got to figure out okay and again it's not a case of adding the total power up if they're used in a way that their total power isn't used at the same time as other appliances or other pieces of electrical equipment okay so <clears throat> even in a simple installation such as a house there are many loads not all the loads run at the same time the loads are diverse this is where diversity starts to come into it okay they're diverse in their current demand control mechanisms and the times of use okay this loads diversity results in the total load rarely equaling the sum of the individual loads as I said the biggest concern is if if like the kids have just got you know got dropped off at school and she comes home or he comes home and he puts the washing machine on puts the dryer on gets the dishwasher going all at the same time that's where we have these these uh, big big demands but most likely it's not a problem but again in industry same issues yeah where we have all the demands on at one time this is why with your electrical design it's, it's important to understand the working environment but also the working conditions of the electrical system okay you know you can have um, you can have a factory that's got electrical equipment and you've got to understand how it's going to pull how the electrical demand will work on that electrical equipment so you can make sure that the equipment supplying its distribution is adequate okay so cables and other equipment's maximum capability is limited by the temperature we know this so thermoplastic typically will be 70 degrees thermosetting 90 degrees unless obviously you've got a different cable of 60 or whatever respectively and the current current capacity are to those ratings short time high current demands may be acceptable such as kettles this is an interesting um, point if you look at a kettle such as uh, even the kettle you may have at home it might be a three kilowatt kettle that'll pull you know 13 amp but you may notice the cable feeding it is only uh, 0.75 mil which the code of practice will tell you won't carry that much um, some manufacturers will deliberately put in a smaller cable to the electrical equipment because the electrical equipment is designed to be used for very short duration yeah a kettle for example is going to have a rapid boil three or four minutes so it's designed to pull current that exceeds the current carrying capability of the conductor but being a short duration it's not considered to have any thermal effect due to the fact that the conductor is not going to build up to a temperature um, within the short time frame it's under load so you may experience that what you need to do is assess if the use of the equipment is suited to the manufacturer's expectation if the person who's bought this kettle is actually running some kind of cafe and is using the kettle regularly so it's not actually you know she's turning it on or he's turning it on after it's boiled every time the conductor isn't being allowed to cool down and it'll be overloaded and again that's where they're going to want to swap them out for them um, those uh, water urns which you'll notice will have the thicker 2.5 mil cord set or maybe even be on a 16 amp plug okay this consideration of the different way the system is used can result in a complicated demand pattern it requires listening and talking to the client to understand how the system is going to be used peak at diversity we're going to cover diversity again um, 
in the next video, but here's a little introduction to how it works. So this is the allowance made for circuits themselves that would not always be turned on at the same time. So you know you, you can have XYZ circuits, but then they might not be on full power demand. Now this illustration, for for example, any one particular ring final circuit is unlikely that every socket outlet will have a load plugged into it. That's right, if you think about what you've got at home, you may have stuff left plugged in, but they're probably not under full load, and things that probably are, are under, you know, they're negligible demands. Um, there's an illustration here that is from um, the old B&B training that I've, I used to use, and it came, it came with a box saying this is unlikely to happen even on the coldest day. Now I've added the words, but it still can, because I actually have seen this happen. Um, when I was um, working at um, a race course, there was a flat that had been converted to an office for the um i think they were the cleaning company and um it was down at the at the the old cold bottom of the race course and it was just so it's just a domestic 303 six fuse board wired up for a flat on a ring final because it was cold and there was no um other heating they just plugged in five or six of these convector heaters all into a single circuit now it didn't actually damage the final circuit itself, but what it actually did do is it overheated and overloaded the distribution cable to the board that was feeding that flat. And when I went to actually do an inspection, I was I can't remember what I was doing. I think I was doing um I was doing a I was doing a check on the um the current being uh, pulled on the conductors, and I put my uh my my mega current current clap meter onto this cable and it was something like uh i think it was a 63 amp mcb but it was pulling well over 96 amp and whilst i was kind of just jotting things down and not keeping an eye on things my actual clamp meter had the plastic around the jaws had melted that's how hot the cable was i was under this load because uh, i just overloaded it but being 3036s uh the fuses downstream they uh they weren't ready to blow so the MCBs upstream, or you know, uh, the distribution to the board was uh, was tripping first. So there was a very poor discrimination on that. So this can happen. It shouldn't, but it can. Right now, one good example of diversity is the um, the cable that feeds the feeder pillar down the bottom of your street. You got the uh, the, the um, the supply company, the DNO, they've obviously got to put cables into the ground to feed the feeder pillars, and they've got cables to feed your houses. Now, if they assume that your house, you know, your house and your next door neighbor's house was all going to pull 100, 125 amp, they'd have to add them all together, and they'd have to then put in a huge cable. But they apply diversity. They consider that you may feed a supply to a row of five houses off of a feeder pillar, but the people in these houses live and behave differently. So, for example. These are all the same size houses, but you may have people who are just buying new houses. Or you may have people who just live alone. So let, let's just play this example. Let's say we have one person living alone. Think about what kind of electrical demand there's going to be. What kind of behavior will there be? So during the daytime, there's going to be little to no electrical demand because they'll probably be at work. Unless they work nights. They'll come home. Probably won't fancy putting on the big electric oven. They'll probably just put something in the microwave, you know, dinner for one kind of thing. They may even get takeaway. So there's not a big electrical demand there. A quick shower before bed, you know, 
uh, laundry days at the weekends really because there's not a lot of laundry building up so from an electrical demand perspective you know not a lot now obviously this guy you know gets lucky falls in love moves her in now you may have two people working you might now start using the oven you know a couple of days a week you may actually have a couple of showers now you know, want to smell nicer more electrical demand uh, laundry day is probably still at the weekends, uh, maybe 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 twice a week, but there's a slight increase in electrical demand. And then um, magic happens, this kind of thing. Suddenly, there's electrical demand during the daytime. Now there may be a little bit of electric used in the morning. You're going to have some use in the daytime. You'll have oven cooked dinners. Yeah, God forbid we microwave cook up, you know, when we feed our kids these days. Routine showers and laundry, yeah, a couple of days a week now. Um, and you see the trend. Now, then you get to my situation. Yeah, because I have a wife and four boys. So, um, we have, <laughs> we have um, me away at work, stay at home, oven cook lunches quite regularly, oven dinners every day, showers go all the time baths laundry yeah two or three times a day uh, so washing machine tumble dryer dishwasher all day long so this is what diversity looks like when we feed a supply to a number of units but we consider the use of those units to be different the demand of electricity to be different that allows us to compensate and decrease the supply to it this is what it looks like on a trend. So you can see here, we've got the, the light green line here. Here's the electrical demand over a 24 hour period. So you've got your, you've got your midnight, you've got your, your 4 a.m. Here's morning time, um, you know, a bit of toast maybe, and off to work, come in, uh, a bit of Xbox, a bit of TV, maybe, maybe a microwave dinner, shower, bed. Yeah, this is for two, bit extra effort in the mornings maybe, maybe an oven cooked dinner and then you can see we've got the big families we've got um well a lot of demand in the morning showers probably the oven then progressing through the day washing tumble drying laundry and then you know dinner time yeah and then the gradual showers before bed and all that stuff you can understand what diversity is about and this is a domestic example of diversity um, in industry it is similar so what you do is you say right I'll supply that unit and then I'll supply that unit and you give them a maximum power demand but if you then had within that unit you had three or four hoists and you had mechanics in the mechanic garage and they had to use them all and they're all operating at the same time you'd apply no demand if however they would use that machine or the hoist you can then apply demand that that won't be on when that is on. I'm saying machine, I got a clue what it would be, but you know, you know what I mean. So you can see the use and the work patterns of the environment, and that's how demand and diversity works. Now, what we're going to do in our next video is apply a bit of this to some sample installations, a small office maybe, or a little workshop. We'll have a number of light circuits, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to stick to using the information in um, guidance note, uh, sorry, on-site guide or the, but I'll also go to the electrician's design guide um, 
but I'll probably change some of the numbers just to make it a little bit uh, different. But um, that's what we'll do in the next video. We'll close this video here. This just this has just introduced the idea of demand. Okay, and then we'll do another one, and we'll look at what diversity is.